When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you're joining us at Woodall Services for, for a tripe with a difference. Start of tripe on tour for the summer, perhaps? Um, we're just on our way from on our way back from Villa Park, Wednesday. Obviously, we've been chatting about the game on the way back. We thought we'd stop for a sani and a coffee and, and talk about it while recording a tripe. Vic, um, we'll, we'll move it on quickly. We don't want to reflect too much on, on obviously, the disappointment of Tuesday night. Um, but how, how do you reflect on it? Uh, I think it's an appropriate end to what's been a very disappointing season in the Borough just fell short uh, they've, they've played very well against some of the, the lesser teams but the bottom line is they haven't beat any of the, the four teams that finished above them and the gap between them and Aston Villa last night I thought was was quite wide and it shows you exactly what Borough will need if they are to mount a serious promotion push next year Villa just did a job on them Phil yeah it's um it was pretty clear, wasn't it, for 180 minutes what the problem was, and Borough couldn't test their keeper, um, which is a bit surprising. We talked about it, didn't we, in the build-up to the playoffs, the fact that Borough, you know, hadn't had, had scored in every game since Cardiff. So that was disappointing, you know. Some mystifying substitutions, not in terms of necessary personnel, but you know, it was clear that Borough needed some invention in midfield last night. Um, you know, they just couldn't get the ball up to whoever was playing up front, and I know people will hammer Brick for his, you know. But it, it, frankly, he barely, you know, he barely saw the ball. Um, the manager knew they were going to do a number on Triori because he had 90 minutes to, to to see that for himself on Saturday. Um, so you kind of think, well, surely, just you know, do something to that midfield to to, to help. You know, maybe throw a Harrison in there, shuffle it around a little bit, change the formation, just roll, roll the dice. Really, I thought it was telling that Rudy Gustetti wasn't kicked a ball for three months. Was, was sent on, nowhere near fit, um, and that just suggested that they were going to lump the ball up. Well, frankly, uh, John Terry and um, Chester were just dealing with it, that all night long, weren't they? So it was um, it was a very unsatisfactory um, performance and a very disappointing way to end the season, which has has failed to deliver on just about every level. I think what we've seen since January, Tony Pulis made it clear, didn't he, when he came in, that he wanted to tighten his squad and make it smaller. But I think he's probably left himself a player or two short in that attacking midfielder area. He clearly is not having Lewis Baker, who hasn't featured. Marvin Johnson's been on the fringe as well. He's clearly not having him. Um, and Jack Harrison, I mean... In, I still don't know what Harrison offers because we just haven't seen him. We were talking about him on the way back. He's just been a go-to substitute. Is that for? Is, is that just to make up the numbers? Because if he's not going to cross the mind of Pulis when you're one 0 down and desperately chasing a goal in the playoff time, he brought Fabio on ahead of him on Tuesday night. He was a full back. I think. I think what we've seen over the course of the season and certainly on Tuesday night is that Pulis is short of attacking game changers uh, who we can trust. Because it's all right bringing the likes of Gusted on and Bamford, but as you say, Phil, the, the problem wasn't wasn't putting chances away; it was getting the ball in the box. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, we 
we could sit here all day and talk about and eat lots of more Subway sandwiches and, and New York deli style bagels and discuss the Borough's transfer business. But the fact was, you know, you think about the amount of players you hit on Baker, the amount of players either weren't on the pitch or are not even at the club. We saw Fletcher warming up before the match. I understand why Tony narrowed his squad down to what he did because he identified who he thought were the effective players and what he thought he could get out of them. And, and the manager has to make decisions like that in a short space of time if you take over in December. But absolutely, the, the you know we, we saw a lot of pre- projects, didn't we? You know, the, the summer ahead of the Premier League season, so many of them didn't work. And we, we said the last thing for a need at the moment is more projects. Yet we saw that with to an extent Baker. Although I know most people felt there was logic to that signing, but certainly with someone like Harrison, you know, hadn't played for weeks, um, had never played really in senior English football. A technically accomplished player by all accounts, a promising player by all accounts, but I just didn't see what what, what was in it for him as far as the deal went. And really, if Burrow were going to make changes in January, it had to be players who could impact the team in a positive fashion. So um, that seems, you know, whether he'll stay beyond the end of this season, who knows, you know. But as you say, we still don't know what, what he can offer if he does stay. No, no, and, and we still don't know that if he doesn't stay at Borough what level he goes into yeah yeah. It's it's been a a strange uh, one of the problems obviously is Tony Pulis came in and he inherited that squad that was designed to play a very very different type of football than he would play uh, very few of the players that he inherited had the skill sets to play the way he wanted which is why you end up with the best part of £30 million pounds worth, of, worth of striker being downgraded while he goes with Rudy, Rudy Gastet who he thought was the only person that even ticked half of the boxes for him up front and in that January window I'm not sure if he really even knew what what he could do around the edges to, to make that squad more effective clearly they were offered Harrison he wasn't a transfer target they hadn't done any particular work on him uh, Man City brought him back from New York and offered him to Borough uh, so in taking him, then maybe it was a question of well, we'll have a look at him and see what he's got. And whatever he's got, clearly Tony Pulis doesn't think that it adds to his mix right now. Uh, one of the disappointments, obviously, all season has been that the midfield has been too similar, too flat, too square. And we know that Tony Pulis would probably want something a lot more physically imposing and dynamic, but he hasn't had the component parts to work with. Uh, that's an indictment of the club. In, in a lot of ways in that you spend £50 million on, on a, a squad and a manager comes in and decides that half of it isn't, isn't viable so that's where we are right now is that if Tony Pulis is to reshape this team he's going to have to bring in players that fit his template and right now he hasn't got enough of them It's a bit like Everton isn't it without digressing too much um, they, they, they signed players for a certain style of football and a certain style of manager and then turned to Sam Allardyce and wondered why it didn't work Borough, I think Vic's 100% right. It's a very similar scenario of Borough. You know, we were told that Borough were going to play an exciting and um, refreshing brand of football last summer. We were told that uh, Gary Monk would sign the players that he wanted, and, 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 and perhaps he did. But, you know, within five months of those signings kicking off the season, a new manager was in who plays a completely different style of football and wants a different type of player. So we've swung from Karanga to Monk and then back to Pulis. And I think the critical... The critical thing moving forward is to have a philosophy and a plan. They've got a manager who's vastly experienced, who knows exactly what he wants, whether you like his style of football or not. He he will go out there, he'll recruit, no doubt, identify and recruit, 
a certain style of footballer that he can get the best out of. And and as I say, whether whether we like you know sometimes the the fair on the pitch at times, you'd have to think that at least he'll know his mind. You know, not you surely won't be a repeat of the monk scenario where he was picking one team after another, one system after another, week after week. No, we've seen it isn't. Yeah, yeah. We we know Tony's uh, very much his own man. He's got a certain style, a certain way of playing, and I think hopefully after after what could be a very interesting summer. There's some stability at last yeah. after three it, three turbulent years. He said, didn't he? It was, it was largely unprompted on on Tuesday night when he started talking about um, transfers and, and knowing what Borough needs. Yeah, and, it? and knowing what what's necessary, as he put it. Um, without going into this in, in, in too much depth, because I think this is probably a podcast in itself. Borough's Borough's um, priorities and who they approach. What what do they need? What is necessary? We've touched on one attacking midfielders and, and, and options there. Well, Across the pitch, though, where else needs strength? Well, if you want to give Tony Pulis tools to do the job, it's going to take a rebuild in the middle and up front, because none of the players that are, that are currently there clearly tick all of his boxes. I mean, that, that's quite evident. Uh, we don't particularly have uh, the dynamic, athletic, powerful midfielders that he likes. We certainly don't have a real target them that, that he likes uh, playing Rudy Gastet is probably the best option from what he had but it certainly wouldn't be a player he would choose I don't think because he's, he's not mobile enough and while he was holding the ball up he was doing it quite deep uh, he's good in the air but not necessarily no. good with his feet Tony Pulis would probably start from that he would find a striker that he really wants to make the system work and then build backwards uh, I think he would, given the option, I think he would completely rebuild the midfield. Question mark is, would you still have Adama Traore next year? Uh, that, given the option of, you know, he, he likes to play with at least one winger, uh, a bit of pace breaking forward. Uh, one of the problems over the summer, I think, is going to be getting rid of the players that he doesn't want, because last summer Borough played over, paid over the odds for a lot of those. And I think you might have to heavily discount them to, to move them on. On, on Traore, Phil, do you expect him to stay? Um, it's a good, that's a really good question because it's, I'm not convinced still that he's a Premier League player because I still see flaws in his game that will be exposed in the Premier League. Um, and I think we saw those in the two semi-finals. Um, I think Villa did a number on him. You could say whether it was by fair, meal, fair means or foul, but I do think it proved that you can mark him out of a game to an extent. Better teams will have their outlets, as a few people have touched on. You know, if you take him out of the game, they'll have better players on the other side of the pitch who can exploit it. Um, I think if Borough got a really good offer, I'm sure they would realise they'd probably have to take it. You know, is he going to stay in the? What, what would your class as a really well, good offer? It's a really interesting one because, you know. They paid what nine or ten million pound for him. Um, would doubling would doubling the, that money be enough to, 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 to get him out of Borough? I guess it depends a lot on who the, the buying club is, yeah. because you know that if it's City, for example, or Chelsea, for example, you could almost add an extra naught. Because, but so I think I think there's a good chance he might move on. Um, it'd be a great play for Borough to still have in the Championship because most teams can't handle it we saw that didn't we over the second half as team. long as there's, as there's more options yes and, 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 more and, and I think one of, one of the best things Pulis has done since he's come to the club is identify that talent and exploit it and, and get the best out of it 
and um, fair play to him for that because he was. I think we all agreed in December that Trio looked as though he was probably finished as a, as a Borough player, and now we're talking about him as probably the most important player on the pitch. Is it a dam- is it a damning indictment of Monk that he didn't realise what he had in Trio, or, or or is it more of a credit to Pulis that he's managed to get the best out of him, or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it's somewhere in the middle because under, under Monk there were a lot of players in that team that didn't really know what their job was the system was changing from week to week personnel were changing from week to week and we never really saw Triori have a, an extended run of games uh, there was a, a moment earlier in the season where he looked like he might suddenly flower as a, an amazing talent uh, there was the cup game against Scunthorpe he was brilliant at Bolton and then he got sent off and he missed those three games and missed and, the bus and when he, ca- when he came back <laughs> yeah, and, the bus. and when he came back the system had changed again yeah. so it was quite hard for, to fit him in I think that was the fundamental problem under Gary Monk it's not so much a case of the, that they didn't realise he was a good player clearly he was a good player it was finding a system that could harness him uh, Tony Pulis I think has found a system where you can give him a role and has carefully nurtured him. And we know that he stands on the touchline screaming, give it to Adama, give it to Adama. And when Adama's got it, then screaming, Adama, Adama, deliver. You know, So it, it is a case of a high-maintenance relationship there. But he has got not necessarily the best out of him, but consistently match-winning performances uh, throughout the second half of the season. And that bodes well, because we know there's a player in there. We know now that he can be improved. The, the perception early on was that he had no football in now whatsoever, and he, he just he would never be an effective player. We now know he can be an effective player. Uh, it may mean to get the best out of him, as, as we've touched on. You need more balance in the team. You need to be able to uh, liberate him from the shackles. You need to, sometimes, uh, if he disappears for 20 minutes in a game, the whole system doesn't grind to a halt and you can shift focus uh, yes that would be best served in a really good team where they can uh, make allowances for that uh, in terms of Borough we have to come up with a system that can utilise his, his ability, his speed, his crossing ability and his dribbling while not being totally focused on that so stopping Adama means the team doesn't function before we wrap up, because I've finished my foot-long turkey and ham subway. Um, finished it? You barely touched the sides. Never does, mate. I, I, I once said that I could eat a, eat my height. I'm six foot one. I once said I could eat my height in subways, and I stick by it. Um, Pulis was positive. Well, he, he said that the, the players were flat and disappointed when he came in afterwards, and he, he said that justice had been done in Aston Villa and Fulham reaching the final, um, third and fourth place finishes. Um, but, but he was positive looking forward looking ahead to the summer and, and, and to building for next season um, he's, he's clearly seen enough he was talking again about Borough being a can-do club again we'll touch on this more in the weeks ahead but he's clearly seen enough to think that he, he could be onto something at Borough yeah I think I think what he's excited by as we've said many times is the project that he's going to be able to put his stamp on the club and there's very very few clubs now in English football indeed any levels of football where you can go in and probably know that you're probably going to get at least a year, if not two years, providing you know the results results are okay. You know, Steve Gibson is a loyal chairman um, more often than not. Um, I think he's no fool, Tony Pulis. He'll look at that. You know, I thought he was fairly honest after the match, and I thought it was um, 
telling that he mentioned the fact that you know the team's finishing fifth and sixth probably didn't deserve to go up. And I think he'll notice, he'll, he'll take note of the fact that Borough's record against the teams again in the top six was dreadful, um, abysmal really, wasn't it? And he'll also look at that division and think it was a dreadful division, really. You know, Cardiff, Cardiff City, you know, automatic promotion with a team that on paper is way worse than Borough. So a good manager can still get a team out of that division. And I think that's where someone like Tony Pulis comes in—a good manager who knows players, who gets his own, who can get his own players in, can, can to make a team more than the sum of its parts. And um, I think that's that, that, that'll be what he's optimistic about. There are, I think there are positives. It's been two seasons in one. The first season under Gary Mann, uh, the stats were woefully short of what was needed to get into the playoffs. The second season under Tony Pulis, uh, every every metric was improved. Points take, goals scored, uh, clean sheets, and although it was only a marginal increase, it was enough to get Borough into the playoffs, and that was with someone else's team. If you assume that he, he can have his own players and that in, improvement can continue, then there's no reason why Borough's position next year uh, wouldn't improve as well. A positive-ish way to finish. Thanks a lot, Phil. Thanks for finishing, Sam. You know, but... Cheers.